Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Well, today we're going to talk about a smaller part of our population percentage-wise, but one that is totally caught up in our history. The Native American history of Seattle is right in our name. Joining me today is the executive director of the Chief Seattle Club, Colleen Echohawk. Colleen, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Good morning. I'm glad to have you here. And if listeners don't know, our city was named after an American Indian, Chief Seattle, or mm-hmm. is it more accurately, Chief Self? Uh-huh. Give us the once-over, you know, the short hit, uh once over of the Chief Seattle Club, maybe you can start with our are we mispronouncing our founder's <laughs> name or what, you know? Well, <laughs> I, I am I am not actually from this area as far as the tribes from this area. The the Duwamish, the Muckleshoot, the Suquamish, the um, Swinomish, Tulalip, they were all um, signers of the Point uh, Elliott Treaty. And so we're actually um, honored to be on their land and in their territory, the Coast Salish Territory. And there are many Native people who live in the city of Seattle um, who are actually not from this area. There's 80,000 Native people who live in King County, and um, I am honored to be the executive director of the Chief Seattle Club. The Chief Seattle Club, our our mission is to create sacred space to nurture and affirm the spirit of urban Native people. And the reason that we're in existence is that we really recognize that there is a problem with Native homelessness in the city. Um, We we have a, a, a we have an emergency, a crisis of homelessness here in Seattle. That's for sure. And, you know, you see it. We um, are trying to deal with it on the county and the city level. And um, we know that the Native population is seven times more likely to be homeless than other other populations. And so at the Chief Seattle Club, we are a human service agency. We do everything from food, showers, laundry, those very basic yeah. needs, you know, keeping people alive and then we also do more we have other services like housing and uh, chemical dependency and mental health and then most importantly a a place to come together with other native people to practice tradition and culture and spirituality. Wow, that's cool. I mean, that's a, that's the once-over, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope we can dig into some of that, and I hope I remember to get to some of each of those topics because they're all so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so a few basics in located in downtown, well, Pioneer we're Square. We're in Pioneer Square. Okay. Yeah, so we're in Pioneer Square. We hope to be a good neighbor for the folks down there, and I do think it's a bit ironic that we are a Native organization that are taking care of Native people in an area of the city that named after pioneers right and so sometimes i kind of think well you know i don't know if i really care that much about pioneers square but um i care about our native population and that we're good neighbors and that we're that we're um taking care of our relatives who are experiencing homelessness and so um it's, it's great to be in pioneer square and and be involved in the work that's going on down there and be a, an accurate and correct representation of native people in the pioneer square District. Yeah, so it's kind of <laughs> south of Yesler, like on sec- kind of right near the Smith Tower, right? Exactly. It, okay. We're really close to Smith Tower. We're um, on Second Avenue, in between uh, Yesler and Washington, right where it kind yeah. of splits off. Actually, kind of one of those Second triangle-shaped uh, blocks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so you serve. Uh, American Indians, mm-hmm. Alaska Natives that are yeah. in the Seattle area, King County, I mean, all of Western sure. Puget Sound. I mean, yeah. give me some of that, too. Or is yeah. it, it's 
people come to you, you go find them. That kind of give me all that kind of nuts and bolts before yeah. we dig into some yeah, of the well, that's programs. A, a really interesting um, pers- question or perspective to think about because, um, like I mentioned earlier, there's 80,000 um, Native people who live in King County. Um, a large percentage of those folks are actually not from this region. So we have folks that um, are from all over the country who um, receive services at the Chief Seattle Club. We Every year we serve around over 900 unique clients, and every day we serve over 100 people and those folks are from um, places like Alaska about 30% of our membership is from Alaska and then the rest come from all over the country and you have to wonder well how did they get here like why why are there so many native people who are not Coast Salish who live in King County and that's because of of two two major government actions really that that prompted native people to live in urban areas yeah, this goes way back then if we're flipping the calendar back right? <laughs> exactly way back um, one of them would be the boarding schools so um, there was a boarding school policy in this country to remove chil- uh, native children from their tribes or families or villages and put them into boarding schools yeah, take and, them off of reservations which was the first kind of <laughs> screw up yeah the- <laughs> exactly the first removal you know so um, we had people um, on the reservation system and and then their kids were taken and put in boarding schools. Sometimes what would happen after the boarding schools, and those boarding, that boarding school system lasted for a long, long time. Um, we still had some boarding schools that were open like in the 1970s. Really? Yes. And, Man, and, I thought that was done with oh, the no. Depression era yeah. before that. Yeah. And, wow. And, and I've heard even up in the 1980s, and I, I can't confirm that, but definitely through the, through the 70s. And so um, what happened then is that, and I actually have some family members that this happened to, they um, were removed, or they were with their boarding school, and maybe they went in the military service right after, and they lost connection with their families, and so um, they, you know, were, or maybe they were just sent to Seattle or sent to other major cities, and so we have a lot of Native people in the city who don't really know their their connection with the culture has been kind of cut off in in a pretty sad way. And so um, that's why some folks have fallen into into homelessness and to mental health instability. We have a lot of folks who experience PTSD and depression and have um, some pretty significant mental health issues to deal with. And then we also have, so we have the boarding schools and we also have the uh, Urban Relocation Act of 1956. That was actually to recognize, wow, the the reservation system really didn't work out. We have people out there in the reservations who are, you know, experiencing some pretty tough times. And maybe if we put, move people in the city. So the um, Bureau of Indian Affairs uh, moved a lot of people into the cities. And um, people came to the city and they might have been set up with housing and with a job. Or maybe not. Some were not didn't given housing and jobs. And then they became homeless. If you lose that house, if you lose that job, and you don't have a support system around. Yeah. So it's given sort of barely a start. But right. having been relocated and yeah. sort of cut off from your past, yeah. there's no real social or safety net of your f- family, exactly. let alone extended. Wow. Exactly. Uh. And so, and so that's how I, we started the Chief Seattle Club. So uh, how long has the Chief Seattle Club so been around? So we've been open then? for 47 years 47 now. 47 <laughs> yeah. years. Wow. It's an interesting story. There was a uh, priest who saw that um, after the Relocation Act that more and more people, uh, Native people, were becoming homeless. He was working with the homeless community and saw, wow, there's a lot of Native people, and they're not getting the kind of services that they need. And so he started a club 
um, in another day shelter that served homeless people. And that club became eventually a full human service agency. And we're not, no longer connect with, connected to the Catholic Church, um, although we do have some um, good friends and supporters that um, do, do support the work of the Chief Seattle Club. And um, we're really honored to have them as a support. But now the Chief Seattle Club is led by um, a majority Native um, board and then also – uh, almost all of our staff, uh, we have 16 staff, 15 out of 16 are Native. And so we are fully a Native organization working to serve our relatives because that's the other factor of Native homelessness is that almost every single one of my staff, and myself included, have relatives who are homeless. Mm. And so you you have a board mm-hmm. uh, makes the decision. You're nonprofit. Yes, we're okay. a nonprofit. Okay. Absolutely. And are you... Then you said this is such a forty some seven years ago. Uh-huh. Are you modeled on? Is this happening in other cities? Because with the distribution yeah. diaspora, yeah. really, of Native Americans, right. um, this must be a need in many cities. I, I Absolutely. mean, along with that question, uh, is there something I don't know unique to homeless uh, American Indians that's different than just? the rest of the picture that we see sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. What a great question. So so we um, are a response to the Chief Seattle Club and, and my agency are a response to that Urban Relocation Act as people came homeless. And it was not just Seattle, but it was many other cities. Chicago, New York, San Francisco all had this influx of Native people kind of coming in and then becoming homeless. And so that's when Indian centers kind of popped up around the country. So you'll find different Indian centers throughout the um, throughout the country, throughout the in cities, to respond to um, the the need of uh, for cultural connection, reconnect to connect with um, other Native people, and to find services that are appropriate, and to um, to come together and, and and be good community members to the rest of the city. And yeah. I think that one of the one of the amazing things about the, the people that we work with at the Chief Seattle Club, our, our relatives, is that they have so much to offer and often their voices aren't being heard. So that's part of, a big part of the work that I, I get to do is to really say, hey, what are we missing out on when we don't hear the voice of, of Native people and, and Native people who are homeless? Um, and um, we do have some pretty specific needs within the homeless Native community. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, discrimination our Native relatives feel and experience when they go out there looking for housing. For ins- you know, that's housing instability is a huge problem in this city for your average person. Yeah. But put on top of that, being a Native American and trying to go through all of the steps that the, you need to go to through. And so um, part of the work that we do at the Chief Seattle Club and that we have um, really are focusing on is trying to help our members navigate the housing system and, and being um, active and in, in working with uh, the King County All Home and uh, the City of Seattle to say, um, here are some real leverage points to help our Native people get access to the housing systems that are out there. Wow! So advocating mm-hmm. for the homeless is some. Do you guys advocate for the Native homeless? I mean, do you have to? Do you get into city governments and policy procedures that people make that affect all of us? Are you able to get in the? Because those doors seem to like they're hard to pry yeah. open when when uh, decisions are being made. That I mean, talk about how 
controversial some of the tent encampments yeah. are around town and whether we should clean right. them out, whether we should give people free space, whether, yeah. you know, for people to get a voice and you say the yeah. the American Indians' voice is like left out of that conversation. Yeah. Man, that. It is. And, and what's something we're really working on at, at our at the Chi Seattle Club to, to try to be out there a little bit more and be advocating. So we have interesting. Our organization is interesting because we have not received any uh, city or federal funding yet. We're working on it because we recognize that we need to, like, figure out how to serve our members better. So. You know, the past three years, as we've tried to respond to this crisis, we've doubled our budget, doubled our staff, working with city, working with county government to say, how can we help support the the agencies that are out there? And can you offer us some support, too, as we respond to our members who are experiencing homelessness? And so um, one of our big funders is United Way of King County. And about two years ago, they gave us some funding through a funding mechanism called um, Community Solutions. And so through that that funding they gave us, we were able to start what we call the Coalition to End Urban Native Homelessness. And so this coalition meets monthly. We ask people from um, all over um, who are working with the homeless population and are working with Native homeless people that they come and we together try to, to work to find solutions for Native homelessness. One thing I didn't mention is that here in King County, we make up less than the native population is less than one percent of the total population. Less so, than one percent. So right around okay. one, a little bit less is what what I've been what have we read. And then after, but within the homeless community, we make up over five percent of the homeless community. So all of our agencies out there that are serving the homeless um, community are serving native people, and are not always having finding effective ways to do that or or struggling to meet their needs. And so we want to be able to, through our coalition, to work with those agencies um, to help them do better work for our population. And then we're also um, a policy group. So we're creating policies for city and for um, uh, county governments to say, this is how we we need to serve our native population. And these are, this is... um, our requirements that we want to give to the people that we're funding so that they can do a good job of serving native populations um, and where we've we've had some already some national attention because there's just not any other coalition like this um, throughout the country and many other cities are facing the same problem of, of having high rates of native homelessness throughout nationally native people are more likely to be homeless than any other population no kidding and you think about where we're at right now. So <laughs> you'd think that it would have been talked about more than, right. like, oh, wow. You okay. would think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just me, I guess. <laughs> That's why we're here to uh, yeah, talk it about is. it. And, yeah. and we are talking this morning to the executive director of the Chief Seattle Club, uh, Colleen Echo Hawk, the Chief Seattle Club in Pioneer Square. I guess, let me boost it for you, they exist to provide sacred space to nurture, affirm, and renew the spirit of urban Native people who found themselves homeless um, on the web. People want to contact you, learn more about, just spelled out, right? ChiefSeattleClub.org. Yeah, Chief yeah, yeah. .org. Um, other ways to get in contact, you're on 2nd Avenue, just south yep. of Yesler. We're on 2nd Avenue Extension South, um, 410 2nd Avenue Extension South. We're always looking for volunteers and we're looking for oh. donations. So we have a clothing closet at the Chief Seattle Club. We always need um, donations of clothes, um, specifically coats. Oh, yeah. Keep um, talking about yeah, some of these basic always, things you these, do that yeah. are always a struggle. Yeah. And if you can imagine, you know, being homeless, like I remember when I, when I first started at, 
at the G-Saddle Club and I would come in early as we opened the doors. We opened up the doors at 7 a.m. And um, people would come in and they, uh, many of them had spent the night outside. And I thought, you know, it's hard to know to what it's like to be homeless, yes. right? We don't know we really how, don't. how what it's like. And one of the things that I it just surprised me is I thought, well, people really want to to eat and they want to get warm and they they need that that place of security but you know what people really need they need bathrooms uh-huh. they need toilets uh-huh. you know and yeah. they need a, a place to go to to have a little privacy to use a bathroom and i think that you know i actually as i was walking here i saw someone urinating um on the side of the street and no one wants to do that you know, no one in their right mind wants to have that experience. It's humiliating. And so, you you know, just understanding more about what it's like to be homeless has really been powerful for me personally. We um, are always in need of coats, of rain, rain gear, tents, sleeping bags, um, they're just always, we can never keep them on hand. I, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to guess, although we're just kind of finally getting to spring, uh-huh. hats, a warm stocking cap, warm hat, gloves. Yep. Um, Every, how about, you know, there's a percentage of the population that people forget about, too, that's homeless is mothers and children. Uh-huh. Are, yeah. Do you need baby needs? Um, yeah, so formula, we actually... Uh, diapers? Right. I mean... We refer our folks who are exper- who are parents and are experiencing homelessness to other agencies because we're just not prepared to to take care of One them of the in coalition the way exactly. Okay. One of our um, so we we refer people to um, amazing organizations like Mary's Place. Oh yes. Um, we send people to one of our partner agencies, which is the Seattle Indian Health Board, mm-hmm. where they do a lot of really great work supporting um, people who are in DV experiences or other kinds of um, traumas that are going on in their lives. So we don't um we don't actually serve mothers and children I and mean, we, we do serve women but children is just we don't we're not set up for it right now um but as you can imagine um we go through the clothes we go through the tents i got a text earlier this morning when i was at another meeting saying um we just ran out of rain ponchos can we buy some more <laughs> you know because wow. it's wet and it's been yes. a terribly wet winter it's drizzly for us. all spring too so uh, how about uh, things like just i don't know providing a telephone or mail an address yeah, or yeah. something i mean absolutely so we bus have tickets i don't know keep going what yeah what that's one of people the, might one of the big needs um especially if you want to get stabilized and you're trying to find housing is to have an address so we provide address services for over 900 people every year and so you can imagine our, our mail times are just our lobby is packed with people wanting to come in and check their mail we're always looking for volunteers at that time at 8 30 and 12 30 to help our front desk staff to be able to deal with the, the, the volume of people coming in to check their mail and then we also have um, other services throughout the organization, like phones and computers. I had this really um, poignant time with one of our members recently who, he was around 60, has been dealing with um, chronic homelessness and alcoholism for the past 20 years. And he had, um, one of our staff had set him up on the computer and had gotten him an email account and then it got him a Facebook account. Oh, excellent. Okay, so, so he's six years old. Connected to the world yeah. finally. Yeah. He's connected to the world. He starts poking around on Facebook, making friends with people, and he finds his daughter 
that he hadn't been in contact with for over 20 years. And he was beaming with tears in his eyes, telling me about this experience, how happy he was to reconnect with his daughter via Facebook, of all things, an elder. He's over 60 years old. And he told me, Colleen, I want to go to treatment. I signed up up with our chemical dependency person because I want to see my daughter and see my grandchildren. And that happened through a connection on Facebook, you know? So we're really um, always trying our best to get people reconnected to family and culture. And we're grateful for Comcast, actually, who uh, they're the ones who help provide our computers, help us provide technical support and um, uh, computer training Excellent. for our members. And, and, and they've been strong supporters of Chief Seattle Club for a long time. And uh, another thing you've sort of mentioned is using, utilizing, I guess, culture, language, mm-hmm. traditions in yeah. this healing process. Give me some of that about yeah. what uh, the Chief Seattle Club can do to not just, yeah. to, it's sort of different, makes it unique than the other shelters downtown or service agencies, you know, that help people. As a, a Native mm-hmm. uh, Indian or Alaska Native mm-hmm. that comes in and says, ah, Thank you for providing this. So, what are mm-hmm. the what's the this you know that's yeah. different at yeah. the Chief Seattle Club? Well, um, I think the thing that we hear over and over again is that people say, "This is my home." This. Chief Seattle Club, our building downtown in Pioneer Square. This is my home. This is where I feel connected. This is where I feel safe. You know, the John T. Williams uh, murder really has reverberated through our community for a long time, and it still does. Our members who are at the Chief Seattle Club, they remembered him. They know him. And so they feel unsafe at times being out there on the streets. They feel discriminated against. And so the the number one thing we do is what we is part of our mission is to create sacred space to really nurture our our relatives and and to say to them hey you are good here you are welcome here you are loved here that you have a place in this organization we know you we remember you um, we offer lots of cultural services um, that are unique. You can't find them at other <laughs> other right. homeless agencies. Um, we offer language classes. It's one of our number one requests is to, a, a desire to reconnect to culture through language. Yeah. So we do like Lakota language classes. Right now we're doing a Clinkit language class with our our good friend Nahan, and we're um, we have a, an art program that happens every single day where people can come and um, create art. We have art classes that are happening. You know, you can make. Um, I had I was down there today, and someone was making moccasins, and or you can um, make um, dream catchers or whatever kind of cultural craft um, and arts that we're doing. And we have an entrepreneurship program through that art program as well. Um, oh, so cool. we'll uh, people can come in. We'll provide all the materials, and then we have a little art gallery. We also have a partnership with Pike Place Market. We'll be opening up a day stall at Pike Place Market in um, July, and we'll be selling the, what our members are making. Neat. And so we want to just encourage the spirit of people that, hey, you may be struggling, you have a hard, and you may be having a hard time, and you may be homeless, but we're here to support you, and we're here to to really lift you up and, and to hear your voice. Like I mentioned earlier, like we have some of those brilliant, amazing people who come through my doors every day. And no one's hearing them. No one's hearing their solutions to the world problems. No one's hearing their humor. We have these most hilarious people you've ever met. And they spend a lot of, they have a lot of difficult times, but they survive. And they're not only survive, they, they just are so resilient and, and have this great sense of humor. So we have a lot of fun at the club. 
And um, gosh, there was something in there. You said several things that, that piqued my <laughs> interest. <laughs> uh, next question, and I got a whole bunch of them. But uh, let me go on to, uh, you know, online, if people want to learn more about this, uh on the web, chiefseattleclub.org, but sure. Facebook too, right? Absolutely. We're really active So like active you mentioned, on uh, uh, one of your club members uh-huh. worked through Facebook. Uh-huh. To, so what's the Facebook? Uh, so the Facebook is just Chief Seattle Club. Okay, you can good. just like, you know, facebook.com slash Chief Seattle Club. Um, I also tweet a lot about the club and about native homelessness and homelessness at at, at uh, C Echo Hawk. Um, and I try to that's keep that. Twitter that's handle. That's my Twitter handle, yeah. C Echo Hawk, okay. Yeah. And a phone then, number? A phone number? Yes, so 206-292-6214. Okay, now I'll make you say that again because on radio, they don't see it. They have to go get their pencils. Oh, she said something fast. Yeah. 206. Yep, 206-292-6214. Okay, good. And we have people are answering the phone every day from 7 to 2 p.m. And I just want to really emphasize that we're always looking for support. We do a lot of work um, with very few dollars because we have a lot of people who come in and offer volunteer hours. Um, we had um, today we had Edelman Seattle um, come through and um, serve breakfast and clean up our clothing closet and help with the mail. We're just always so grateful for the support of the um, I just always say that Seattle we have the most amazing people and always want to do the right thing when, when given the opportunity. And um, on our website also you can donate to the Chief Seattle Club. A lot of the work that we do um, about a, um, a third of our budget is from private donations and we just are so appreciative of those people who donate through our website. Um, we often have um, different kind of GoFundMe um, sites happening uh, on our Facebook page um, really during our winter drive. We have a big winter drive to, to raise money to provide warm clothing for our members who are outside. So. Now how about, um, you know, if people are thinking donating or volunteering, maybe they have a real a skill, maybe they're professional, or they, maybe they're an eye doctor and can yeah. check vision, or maybe they're a, I don't know, a, a legal, do you do legal, offer legal Absolutely. help for people, help them find a... I don't know. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, I don't have a birth certificate. I haven't had it for yeah. 50 years or something. I mean, are there things like that? Right. that- yeah, so we offer legal services every Friday. We have folks from the Northwest Justice Project. We also have um, uh, an urban legal, uh, urban Indian legal clinic. In fact, it's the only urban Indian legal clinic um, that serves homeless populations around the country. Actually, it was started by my sister and a few of her friends at the UW Law School many years ago. <laughs> and, um, and we're full circle now because now we have um, that that legal clinic still happening twice a month. And um, through partnership with the King County Bar Association, we have attorneys that come in and we always are looking for more. So that's, a, that's really a, a beautiful thing that we always have opportunity for people to come in and offer their perspectives. We have people who come in and um, um, give haircuts. We're always looking for, for yeah, great way for people to be give yeah. part of the, themselves yeah. to the community. We have a masseuse I, that comes in. Oh, yeah, I liked how you said uh, you're all related. You said that to uh, you say that to your members. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you're really building a community. So they feel safe there mm-hmm. because they. No, this is home. I, I really right. like what you said. We're going to run out of time, yeah. so I'm trying to wrap, move toward a big picture thing, sure, or, or sure. Uh, Colleen. So uh, the Chief Seattle Club downtown, what what if we have to leave, you know, if you leave a conversation, sure. you, is there something you always like to say twice, or is there some mm-hmm. notion mm-hmm. that you like to get people thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what mm-hmm. would you like to say before yeah. we have to wrap it up, Colleen? I think that when I go out and talk with people in the community, I'm always so amazed by how people respond to this story. And if I could leave one more thing, it would be just 
in your realm of your of your work or your culture or your church or whatever you're involved in, it's important to ask, where is the Native voice? Why am I not hearing more Native people on the radio or on TV or in my church or in my synagogue, whatever part of the, the world that you're in? Where is that Native voice? And to remember whose land we're on. I always, when I get to talk with people, say, hey, what about the Duwamish? What about the Muckleshoot, the Suquamish, the Swinomish, the Tulalip? What are their perspectives? What, what are they doing? How can I um, give them support and say to um, my neighbors and my friends um, that the Native voice and the Native opinion matters and should, and should be out there, especially in um, a country <laughs> that has... Um, was originally all native people. There wasn't always the immigrants that have come into this country. And so um, I think native people, um, my relatives are some of the, the folks that need to be listened to and need to have their voices heard. All right. Thank you so much yeah, for, for being so eloquent for me today, Colleen. I was trying to say that, but you said it so much better. Thank you. <laughs> we have been thank talking you. today with Colleen Echohawk. She is the executive director of the Chief Seattle Club. Colleen, thank you so much for coming in today. And also a bigger thanks for all that the Chief Seattle Club is doing to provide a safe and sacred place to rest and revive and nurture the spirit yeah. of urban Native peoples in need. Thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much. Wonderful being here. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.